Welcome to this week's episode of Soccer Neophytes podcast. Kane and Lukaku harken us back to yesteryear. Goals on goals on goals. Klopp making some ridiculous statements. More cancellations. And is Arsenal legit? I'm back. Tim's raising eyebrows because I, I left out part of his uh, his suggestion for the bumper. Well, uh, you just pronounced Thomas Tuchel's name in a really weird way. So Klopp, yeah. We'll get into that. Chris, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? How was Disneyland? Oh, Disneyland was good. It rained both days. We were at Disney. Um, it's very, very rare, but it happened. We had a great time. Uh, super fun for the kids. It was a good surprise for them. Thanks for taking the reins last week so we could pack and make sure our trip was great. I basically listened to your whole, uh, you, the whole recording while, while I was packing. So good job. Yeah. You only interrupted us once. It really uh, threw Tim off. It did. It did throw me off for sure. Should we give Nate a speed round to like respond to all of our ridiculous comments? <laughs> nope. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. We'll say that that, that information so far back. I can't even remember what I was raising my eyebrows to. <laughs> it's good. I like, I feel a sense of responsibility, uh, not supporting one of the larger clubs to, to ground this podcast uh, before I get so it's to- not just a bunch of elitist talk totally a whole bunch of elitists <laughs> we just need a chelsea guy on here and that'd be really bad <laughs> well that's why we have kyle and kemi as well to balance us oh wait yeah yeah well kyle's about to ready to leave the mid to lower tier uh teams and join the elite so i was thinking if kemi doesn't come back we can bring Kyle on for the second half of the season for him to re-choose <laughs> re- a club. Uh, oh my! And he and the rules are he has to pick a top four finisher, but not number one. Totally, he just gets to pick one of the like two, three, or four. That's funny. Or he just has to pick a team that's playing in Europe. Yeah, Kyle doesn't yeah that'll work. Kyle doesn't seem to be that type of guy, but he definitely is soured on leads, which is sad to see. Well, guys, uh, I was at Disneyland. I was driving all day yesterday. Um, I got to watch uh, Arsenal Norwich. I was I was hoping to watch Wolves before we left town, but Wolves got canceled. There were quite a few more cancellations. You have to scroll now if you're on the Premier League website and you're looking at the fixture. The to-be-confirmed list is quite long. It's going to be yeah, quite, yes quite a challenge to fit all of those, all of those matches in. Um, but I got to watch Arsenal. We'll talk about them in a little bit, but, uh, there's, there's a match day from like, I don't know, 1967. I should have taken better notes. 1963. Maybe there's a match day. I I texted you guys about that had like a ridiculous amount of goals, boxing day, boxing day, match day. And it's kind of well-regarded, uh, uh, our, our 
on ground correspondent Stu was was telling me that they always reference it as they're leading up to to Boxing Day matches, and uh, this one nearly rivaled it. If there wouldn't have been some cancellations, we might have seen we might have seen a few more goals, but lots of goals scored this weekend. A six three Man City Leicester thriller some duds with Arsenal and Tottenham uh, just demolishing their opponents. Uh, Southampton Watford three, two match, just lots of goals scored on boxing day. Well, real quick on that, Nate, it was uh, 1963 was the boxing day weekend. You're talking about Uh, it was a little slanted because Fulham beat Ipswich 10 to one. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of goals. But, but that's all, 10 to one. That's only two more goals than we're in the city Lester game. So True. they were just yeah. more evenly spread out. I mean, what were scored? What's that? 9, 14, 17, 22, 26, 28 goals scored on Saturday. That's, that's a lot. There were so many goals scored, gentlemen, that even Lukaku and Harry Kane scored. Even they, they came out of the woodwork. Um, with all these cancellations, obviously it's wreaking havoc on the schedule. And, um, we had some, some back and forth on, on our text thread today about Jurgen Klopp's, uh, press conference and his statements and, um, and it, it just continues to slide him further and further down. I think I said into my relegation zone of managers, which, <laughs> is really unfortunate because I, I really liked Jurgen when, when I first started following the premier league, but he just feels so whiny all the time. Um, and, and particularly what we were talking about is, is his comments about uh, adding five subs. The fact that, you know, a lot of the smaller clubs don't want to add five, five because they don't have as much depth. Um, the bigger clubs do want to add five because they're playing a lot more fixtures. That was his argument. They're playing a lot more fixtures with plus COVID. And I think he even says that at the end, it's we're kind of in unprecedented times that um, uh, there's not just injuries, but also COVID that's wreaking havoc on these teams. And so uh, Tim, I want to hear, I want to hear you defend Klopp. For a little bit before I, well, I yeah, I mean, it in our text thread, I think you clarified that the thing that really offended you about what he said was the kind of he he made a pointed comment about Burnley in particular, kind of like, hey, if you're Burnley, you don't have half the challenges we do. Is kind of like his attitude, which I totally understand that, right? Like, and even more so, it wasn't that it, he just said that. Like, he didn't say it that like kind of broadly or like sure Burnley you don't have the same problems we have he was really specific like they don't have players playing in international on international break like we do all of our guys play three matches and it just felt it felt so condescending it's like I mean it's it's factual though as well so it's like is it did he misspeak or does that reflect like a, a deep seated disdain or condescension towards Burnley. I don't know. I mean, but, but I mean, you, but you pointed out, so no, go ahead. 
Yeah, it didn't. It, well, that's even what made me more frustrated. It doesn't feel like it was directed at Burnley. It felt like he just picked some random small club. Like the way he kind of like pauses and thinks about it. It's like he could have said Wolves. He could have said Newcastle. He could have said Brentford. He could have picked any random club. And that's that's what I think even makes it worse. Because he doesn't. Okay. It's almost like he doesn't even know. Like. I don't, one of those other clubs who I don't even know who their players are. Like that's kind of how it felt. But I mean, like, both of those that you, I mean, Wolves, Brentford, like those both do have guys who star for their countries. You know, if we're talking about international breaks. So like I, off the top of my head, I don't know if Burnley has guys who, who are starters for their national teams. And I'm sure you're, but right. Ivan, Ivan, Tony, I remember seeing him with us with a, an amazing goal for Jamaica um obviously Raul for Mexico Wolves but and Wolves have all the Portuguese players as well so it probably wasn't as haphazard as it felt it did feel rather like and and Burnley has always been like a thorn in our side so I wouldn't be surprised if like that's part of it too he just like Burnley gets under his skin right that's possible as well but I think like the the complaint is rooted in fact that like it is insane the schedule over December and January. And if you're playing in multiple competitions, like it's a good problem to have, right? Like I watched the the Carabao cup game uh, last week and they started kind of a junior squad, right? Totally. So they were resting their guys because they have the depth to do that to your point, right? They're, they're a richer club. They have the depth to do that. And in my mind, I was kind of like, and especially when uh, Lester went up, three I think it was two nil and then three one just kind of like yeah that's where the Carabao Cup road comes to an end for us right like we're going to prioritize other stuff but then he started pulling in our starters and we ended up winning it um but yeah it was a it's a luxury to play in multiple tournaments and expect to go deep in multiple tournaments and potentially win multiple tournaments in addition to the league so so it's a luxury but I, I think I think what irks me is singling Klopp out. Like, I think, I think he gets headlines because he has a bigger, more dynamic personality. That's what we're, what would have first drawn you to him. Um, but I mean, Tuchel said all the same things. Pep always says all the same things. All the big Pep, club managers always say all the same things. Pep's irritating as well. And I didn't see the Tuchel comments, yeah. but I was, but that's, but, the, but I think that is telling that like, that the Klopp comments rose to the top of your Twitter feed or your, you know, wherever you're getting the news when there's nothing to distinguish it from what other guys are saying. But the week previously, and if we would have, if I would have been on the podcast last week, you would have heard it with Chelsea. Chelsea tried to get the Wolves Chelsea match postponed and their starting 11 had two changes from their Champions league starting 11. Yeah. And like for a club like Wolves, we look at that and we're like, it just is so, it's so irritating. You're like, you're living in a world that is so unrealistic compared to the rest of the Premier League, right? Sure. And I think that's what, and even Klopp was saying like 14, 14 clubs can out, outweigh us, you know, it requires 14 votes or whatever. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense because the elite clubs shouldn't just be able to dictate like what happens in the league. There's other clubs that mattered. And even if you look at the entire English pyramid, like clubs that are trying to come up, like all of these clubs, they, they don't have the resources that the top 
like six to 10 clubs have. Right. And so it's just it being a smaller club fan, you hear those comments in a totally different way, though they may be. And that's the, and that's what I think we were talking about in the text thread is yeah, probably for the health and safety of the players, five subs does make sense, but it only gives a greater advantage to the better clubs. Right. And then to hear them, I think the complaining is what's irritating. The complaining is what's hard to listen to when it's like, yeah, sorry, Tuchel, like you're starting nine of your 11 from a champions league final against wolves. And you're, you're complaining that you, you can't field a team. Wolves have just as many injuries, just as many, like we have just as many issues with less resources. So we're ready to play. So, well, and I do think, I mean, I think multiple things can be true at the same time. One of which being it's, it is, um, it's not fair to players to put them through what they go through. Um, this, especially this time of year, it's like, it's a crazy burden. Right. And guys are getting injured who wouldn't be if they had more time to rest and recover. But at the same time, even what you're saying about the 14 votes, like if we think back to the super league fiasco, um, that's something where all of the fans of the big elite clubs recognized that if the big elite clubs go off in their own direction and do their own thing, that's bad for the game. So I think like it's possible to say both and to say, look, like let's find a more equitable way of structuring the game, which we're not going to do on this podcast, but like if there can be a more equitable way to keep players safe and to give like a better competitive uh, advantage, not advantage, but like a level playing field to clubs, that would be preferable. I think to everybody like fan wise. Yeah. But if you're, if you're a big four, big six manager, you're advocating, you're doing your job by advocating for your players. Of course. And then we get into to matters of tone. And if it's a tone issue, that's, that's a different le- level altogether. Of course. Chris, you've been quiet. You have your own opinions on, on <laughs> subs. I do. Like, I think, like I'm not on either side of this argument or discussion because I, I think this is one of the rare circumstances where I think everyone's right. <laughs> like, I think the bigger clubs, they do play more games. They do require deeper benches, deeper teams to make the runs in these bigger leagues outside of the EPL. Um, to do those things, you need bigger rosters. Um, so I get the coaches wanting those things. And at the same time, I get the smaller clubs in the league being like, no, we don't want that to be an advantage over us for you guys. So like, this is like one of the rare circumstances where I think everyone's actually right about their stances in it, but I am on the record and I'll always be on the record for as many subs as possible during games. I think there should be rules to uh, curtail the time killing aspect that subs can take up. I think you can implement some basic, simple rules to to take that coaching and managerial advantage away to use it to kill clock um but i'm all for just however many subs you need you need like like what if in the nfl oh six guys got injured you know the other night in the sunday night game ah sorry you can only sub four guys in an nfl game sorry about that mm-hmm. you know like it's just dumb it's the it's not only apples league to in app- the world that but does it's not this. apples to apples though like i think that's a bad i think that's a poor comparison because you have 52 man roster for nfl right and it's just a diff. It's a totally different sport. Like 
you, you can come have, in and you can go back out. You can like, come in. You can, go out and come back in. Sorry, I should have yeah. said. Like, and I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why these rules exist, right? Like, if you play in a youth league, I, I'm pretty sure you can sub in and out. Like, for yeah. sure in the league, tight, like Titus's level, they sub in and out all the time. But um, okay, then that's then compare baseball to it. <laughs> you can sub as many guys in baseball as you want. They just can't come back in. So that's no. the same rule. Yeah, yeah. And then you just have a limited squad size that all the teams right. have to abide by. Right. You don't hear, you know, the, uh, gosh, the Arizona Diamondbacks just lost 110 games this season. You don't hear them whining about, oh, you shouldn't be able to bring in Clayton Kershaw at, you know, as yeah. a middle reliever in this game that you desperately need to clinch your playoff berth. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know what. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's so interesting. We're, we're stumped. You're oh, right. sorry. When when you play us, you can only use three relief pitchers. So pick your three best relief pitchers, and those are the only ones you're going to be allowed to use. Yeah, I will say a couple of things in response to what you said, Chris. Uh, actually, just following up on what you said, in terms of the time wasting thing, I'm pretty sure at least when COVID, when games were resuming in the Champions League, in the COVID era. They went up to five, but Premier. they were only allowed three uh, three rounds of substitutions. Oh, so yeah. that was part of that. So, like, yeah. you could you could sub one guy in, you could sub another guy in, but then if you want to use all all five subs, you got to do three at a pop. The so that's an easy way that's you know already proven. That's a great yeah. yeah, and that was also I, I think the the reason they went with those rules though was not because of COVID and the restart is because for the first time in their history they're playing in the summer, mm. and it was more a concern yeah. of fatigue to players because remember they were doing the the water breaks water breaks well. too yeah yeah that's right yeah. Well, we're not going to solve the other, the other thing too. Oh, sorry, I want to say one more thing about that. Um, Maybe we are the, Newcastle, the Newcastle game today. Uh, well, just just one other thing to think about. You're kind of taking it for granted that small clubs don't want more, and it makes sense why why having more subs would be a greater advantage to squads with greater depth. But watching the Newcastle United game today, uh, Newcastle had some really rough injuries to some really good players, and towards the end of the game, they had another guy pull up with an injury, but they were out of subs. So like Newcastle has healthy guys on the bench, but they have a guy limping around there because there's nothing else to do. Right. So having a body out there limping is better than not having, you know, than having 10 men. So it would be interesting to hear managers of smaller clubs. I haven't heard them weighing in and actually defending. No, no, no. Keep it three subs. We do not want more subs. I'll add on just a little bit too, from the perspective of the smaller clubs, like imagine you're, imagine you're Norwich and you're losing five nil to Arsenal and you've used your three stuffs subs to, to do as best you can to stay competitive in the game. At what point would you like more subs to maybe bring in some of your younger bench guys just to get them some burn in a game? Like not only does the, like, I understand the sub factor from a competitive standpoint, yeah. Like, clubs like you know united and city and these the big clubs that have these huge names just sitting on their bench not playing and yeah. you run those guys in to you know just destroy the tired good starters that these other clubs have but like it's it's stunting the growth of certain players games and mm -hmm. these clubs that have some potential young superstars just sitting on their bench not getting any burn um 
it's good opportunities for them to get in and get 10, 15, 20 minutes in a blowout or something. Yeah, I think the blowout's the only and, – and this is where it's challenging, right? Norwich is going to go down probably to the championship next year. So it's, it's, a, it's different than, you know, the Diamondbacks being able to pull bring up a whole bunch of guys from AAA and give them a whole bunch of playing time to give them experience and opportunity. And Diamondbacks aren't going anywhere. Like, they're there. So – I think that's a, I think it's a good argument when you're being blown out, but the reality is that doesn't happen that often. And so for wolves at the end of a match for Cavani to come on or, you know, pick whatever like great striker you want for Manchester United to come on to replace Ronaldo or Rashford or whoever it might be. And then wolves be like, huffing and puffing out there and they got to bring some guy from their U23s on. <laughs> They're just not going to do it, right? And so you got fresh legs, a better player, and I think for most clubs, they believe they can compete with these with with each other. So yeah, your relegation zone teams are going to get blown out more than everyone else, but Newcastle today, like they're fighting to stay alive. And for them to get a point from United was super critical. And again, there was injuries and there's all these other factors that we're talking about, mm-hmm. but, but in a, in a typical game, I think they're going to, they're going to want as equal as a playing field as possible, rather than bringing some guy from their U 23s on to have to go up against the fresh legs of Cavani. Right. So even though he's old, they're still. I was going to say, like the fresh legs of a 36 year old <laughs> <laughs> who somehow is still doing it. Totally. He's, he's great. He's great. Um, I, I mean, what's, what's also crazy is, you know, we've got this fixture crunch right now, but I don't know how, I, I haven't counted how many games, but just a quick scroll, it looks like 20. There's 20 matches that have to be filled in in other places. And man, I, I don't know what that's gonna, what that's gonna look like, what what's that, what that's gonna be um as the season goes on. So with Africa, effectively two match weeks, right? Yeah, two match re- weeks have to get filled in with some teams like really having having to fill quite a bit. I think Spurs. Spurs have three games in hand compared to some, I think Burnley, I think has four. four. Yeah. Burnley has four. Watford has three. I mean, wolves are now have had their last two matches uh, postponed. So wolves are going to start falling behind a little bit as well. Um, This isn't going to get easier or better as the season goes on. And then you have Africa cup of nations. So now every team, I think there's only four clubs and we'll talk about this next week as we jump into the Africa cup of nations, but I think there's only four clubs that aren't sending anyone to that. So 16 clubs are going to be losing at least a player and some really significant. So we're going to dive into that a little bit next week, but, but I don't, I don't see this, this question of subs and, injuries and fatigued players going away anytime soon. Yeah. yeah there's no. only uh I just looked there's only four clubs that have played all their matches so far. So there's four clubs sitting at 19 games played. It's City, Chelsea, Arsenal, 
and Newcastle. Wow. Everyone else has missed a game, at least one. Wow. Speaking of Arsenal, I do want to talk about them um, mostly just because they are in fourth. Uh, granted, they played all their matches, they so they have some games in hand. Spurs could could leapfrog them, uh, but they're really the only club that has enough games in hand and is close enough to be able to leap, leapfrog Arsenal. So theoretically, Arsenal is as bad as, as fifth, but pretty remarkable considering the way they started losing their first three matches um, pretty, pretty poorly. But um, I watched that match on uh, yesterday, as I said, and I, I don't know. I don't think I would have chosen them because I still have like that kind of underdog spirit in me. But if I were encouraging someone to choose a team that's got some longevity built in based on the age of their squad and the excitement of that team. I don't think there's a better pick than Arsenal right now. They have a super young, young squad. Yeah, for sure. With a ton of young, young superstars in the making. They're clicking right now. Um, I don't, I mean, again, with, with youth comes the potential for, for some, for some ebb and flow of quality of play. But it, right now it feels like they belong in, in a Champions League discussion, which is just crazy thinking about where what we were talking about in August, September with them. I think in my predictions, uh, base, this was a bold and baseless prediction, <laughs> but I think I had them finishing fifth for no other reason than I was like, their bad luck has to run out one of these days. But they have been so much fun to watch. They really are. And I know, Chris, you say who you play matters, but they've played everyone now. They're 19 matches in. So so here, here, here's what I'll say. They are beating the teams that they should beat. And that is so important to do to be towards the top of the table. Like it's what Manchester United is not doing. Yeah. So they are absolutely beating the teams that they should beat. Um, but like, I'm just kind of running through their schedule they have two wins over teams in the top nine of the table uh, yeah. a win over west ham and a win over tottenham everyone else they've either drawn or lost to so they're beating the tar out of the lower level teams which is exactly what you need to do but they aren't competitive against city who they lost five nothing to they aren't competitive against um you know, Liverpool, who they lost like 4-1-2 or 4-0. 4 nothing, 4-0. Yeah, it's 4 nothing. So they're doing exactly what they need to do to be in the position that they're in. I just don't look at them as an elite club. Like, I'm not putting them in the same breath as City, Chelsea, and Liverpool, but they are certainly in the same realm of Spurs, West Ham, uh, United, Wolves, who are the next four. So they're right where they should be because they are beating the brakes off of those bad teams, which is what you need to do. Yeah. They have six. I think what's interesting is I think they only have two draws and, and only six losses. And so all those other points that they got from those victories, they're not, they're not drawing matches, right? Like I think, yeah. I think that that can be good or bad. You could be a team that's not drawing matches. if You're just losing a lot or, 
in Arsenal's case, they're winning. They're like you said, they're winning matches against the teams they need to win. And by no means do I think they're elite. They're not elite. They're, which is kind of ironic to say, considering they would be playing at this point in the elite competition of the world in the Champions League next year. But, um, but yeah, I think they're a far cry from City, United, or City, Liverpool, Chelsea right now. But but we'll see what happens. They're clicking. They're playing great. Um, you know, they played City at the beginning of the season, I think. Um, they played Chelsea and City at the beginning of the season. Um, and so we'll see. I think they play City next. And so that'll be a good test for them to see where they how they match up to. And they're at home. So um, that'll be- I think it's total. I think it's totally legitimate to think of them as a top four, like a realistic top four contender through the rest of the season. When you because you think about like coming into the season, we thought the top four was pretty clear, and then there was a pretty big drop off. And at least so far at the midway point, it's turned out that the top three is pretty solid, and yeah. then there's a drop off. And so United has a ton of talent. Maybe they'll pull it together. You know, like it's hard to see really any other squads being that, that much more threatening with the way Arsenal is playing right now. And of course they've, they've won five in a row in all competitions, not against great competition. The city match on Saturday is going to be a big one. Especially, Saturday, right. Especially the way city's playing. Right. I mean, city, exactly, is, yeah. I don't know how many <laughs> won in a row, but, but it's Arsenal team. at home against a city, a, t- a city squad that's just rolling over everybody. So, yeah, yeah. If Arsenal puts up a fight. That'll be fun. That's why that drubbing that Arsenal took at the hands of City early in the season is a little bit more eye-opening because we know that you want to play City early, like you want them on your schedule mm-hmm. as early as possible in the season, because come mid-December through February, they're going to win 20 straight games. Yeah, that's right. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think there's a top three that's pretty clear. Um, and then there, there will be some sort of battle for that final champions league. And the, the question will be whether it's, you know, United, if, West Ham can keep it up Spurs. They, they, they're, they're looking good and they're worth mentioning as well. I feel like we haven't really talked about Spurs. They kind of feel sneaky. Like City <laughs> did last year city had a whole bunch of games in hand and they just were kind of middling and it was kind of like, where is city? And then they won, you know, their 20 in a row, their mid season 20 and end up winning the league. Spurs kind of feel similar, not as elite, of course, but Spurs, we barely talked about on this podcast for a long time, mostly because they haven't been playing games, but they're, they've got three games in hand and could be within striking distance of those top three clubs. Should they win all three of those? Yeah. Pretty crazy to, to, to look back at the beginning of the year with, with, you know, the Spurs team, one thing is obvious and abundantly clear is that they did not like playing for Nuno. That was, that was not a fit in any way, shape or form. So for them to be where they're at sitting in fifth, three games in hand, you know, if you gave them three victories, they'd be three points behind Chelsea. Um, You know, they've taken 12 of their last 15 points 
And, you know, on the flip side of that, West Ham. 13, 13 even. They have that oh, yeah, draw, it's a draw. Sorry. Draw against yeah, Liverpool. Sorry. Um, West, Ham is, West Ham is the flip side of that. We were praising them, you know, just a month ago and for how relentless they were. And now, you know, they West Ham's only taken five points in their last 15. So um, mm-hmm. definitely, you know, ups and downs. I think that race for fourth is going to be super fun. Um, I agree. Give give City Pool Chelsea however they finish top three like they're I don't see the either any of those clubs dropping below that, but that Arsenal Spurs West Ham United Wolves battle to get to four it should be pretty fun. Yeah, I mean Wolves are definitely on the outside looking in. I I don't I mean anything could happen, but I don't see them genuinely competing for that. But maybe not for for fourth it a lot would have to go right. I think for them to compete for fourth, but, but certainly a spot for Europe, which would, which would be great. Um, so. Well, I think the thing with wolves is, yeah, they may not get to four, but they haven't played bad this season, right? Like their goal no. differential is just a minus one and they don't score a lot. So they're playing yeah. really good defense. If they can figure out their offense, they could have a real chance at this. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they add anyone in January. Um, we're actually only going to be down one player for the African Cup of Nations, but we we should be down two. But Willie Bali won't be back from injury, which means we wouldn't have had him anyways. So, but the the guy we're losing, Romain Sice, has been one of our like elite th- of the three center backs we play, and so it'll be interesting to see with him out who goes into that spot and can we maintain our defensive like prowess without him? So it, it'll be a nerve wracking month, month and a half, um, not knowing what's going to happen there in that, in that back three. So. And hopefully that's, this is the last time we talk about Arsenal. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I feel like we talk about them every three weeks. Because they're they've been a, they've every been time they have a dramatic play. turn in their season. <laughs> yes, well, they, keep, they keep coming up the board. We massively board. overreact. We, right? should, we, we should talk. We should talk about them. We'll be talking about Spurs soon if they if they keep winning. So we'll give you that. Would you rather talk about United's one uh, one draw against Newcastle? Yeah, man, that's a that's a hard five point. <laughs> <laughs> I will say United should feel grateful that they got a point. Today. Yeah, they oh, no really doubt. should. They really should. Newcastle no should have taken three. Like I think Newcastle came into the match, they would have taken a point, but the way the match progressed, they were really disappointed not to get all three. What's crazy, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, is the brightest spot for United this year has been the worst spot for them last year. Like David De Gea has been incredible. Well, I thought in you were going to say Fred. <laughs> What's that? I thought you were going to say Fred. Uh, no, I'm hoping today was the end of Fred because it was another atrocious half of football for him. And uh, watching him get yanked at halftime was fantastic. I just can't anymore with him. Um, what about Harry Maguire though? They got to do something. Oh, he's them too. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he's still wearing the captain's badge playing as poorly as he is, is unbelievable. So they're okay. a train wreck right now. I've, I've definitely feel lucky that they took a point. Um, you know, we've been over how bad United Twitter is. So 
um it, it should come as no surprise that <laughs> there's already the fire ralph <laughs> oh, crew like oh yes gosh. that's like that's a great choice guys we just found a pretty decent structurally sound coach and because they haven't immediately turned it on let's get rid of this guy so uh yeah it's embarrassing but no they're lucky to get a point today De Gea has been the only bright spot this season um he's been fantastic in goal which is crazy yeah he has uh, he has been terrible the last few seasons since I've been a fan um but he's just been great in goal this year that goal by St. Maxim was ridiculous oh yeah he didn't even um, move but then other than that he was all over the place yeah and I mean you can't like watching that shot from all the angles they had it is like no keeper is stopping that it doesn't matter who you are absolutely the angle that ball came from and the angle in which it scored again side nets are always my favorites so for it to bury in that side corner was just it was like (laughs) good lord what a shot yeah (laughs) Tim, I don't even know. Wolves didn't play. Uh, they don't play tomorrow. Such a shame. Wolves had two matches canceled, Watford and, and Arsenal. Um, I, had pre- I had said if Wolves got seven points out of December, I would have been very happy. Wolves got four points, but with two matches, two matches postponed, uh, I think they could have – I think they should have defeated Watford and – I think they could have gotten a draw, maybe a victory from Arsenal. So, so I'm actually happy with their December, uh, but that's all I really need to talk about with Wolves. Uh, Tim, anything Liverpool's match got, got postponed as well. Right. So anything to talk about for Liverpool for you? Yeah. I mean, Carabao cup, I I've never been this like (laughs) excited about the Carabao cup, but it's uh, it was, it was a match I wasn't going to miss because there was so little premier league happening and wasn't sure like if even more was going to be canceled. Um, so I watched the, the Carabao cup, uh, game and it was Lester came out blazing, went up three, one Liverpool brought in their <laughs> brought in their stars, came back three, three, and then won a penalty shootout, which I love in the Carabao cup, you go straight from 90 minutes to a shootout. Yeah. None of that. None of that uh, extra time nonsense. I think that's so it was new- just fun, man. It's so dramatic. I do think that's new as in the last. Is it new? I think it is. I think they instituted it under COVID. I could COVID. I could be wrong because they were like, we got to start shortening these cup ties. But um, I could be wrong about that. But yeah, no, straight to shootouts a great way to finish when it's a, a the third tier of importance or fourth tier of importance <laughs> for certain clubs. Well, props to Keller. I mean, Allison just had the day off. And so Keller, this, this backup keeper, I guess he's our second keeper now. Um, he did incredible on the shootout. I think block two, maybe. So yeah, it was fun to see that. But otherwise not a lot of Liverpool to talk about. Yeah. We did have a red card. This There's a double yellow on Zaha. Um, I never saw the first yellow, but second yellow was him basically throwing the guy to the ground, mostly flopped, but still when you're on a yellow, you can't, you can't be messing around like that. Yeah. And we, we talked pre-recording about the referee and that match was Jonathan Moss. And so I, I did a little research on the referees, which again, I, I love the transparency of the EPL, like on their actual EPL site they have referee results 
it doesn't grade them or anything like that, but it just tells you like, here's how many cars they've had. Um, so Jonathan Moss, we kind of talked about, he seems to always be dishing the red cards and that would be because he's dished more red cards than any referee this season. So he's given four red cards on the year. The next closest is Anthony Taylor at three. Martin Atkinson and David Coote are at two with a few others. But here's what I found interesting. Jonathan Moss has refereed 11 matches this year, um, (laughs) which is three less than Michael Oliver, who's refereed 14. Anthony Taylor, Tierney, Atkinson have all done 13 or 12. So he's on the lower end of matches called and on the highest end of red cards given. Jeez. It's incredible. Yeah. Four and 11 matches. That's some good betting. That's stuff I need to take into my betting knowledge. Like check the game that he's uh, red carding and throw, throw five bucks on a red card in that match. Yeah. So like Andre Mariner, he's yeah. yellow card happy. He's given out 44 yellows in 10 matches. Wow. <laughs> so Yeah. It's pretty interesting to look through some of these referee stats. Yeah. Well, Zaha, Zaha is a guy who, and we'll have to do an maybe a special episode or an episode at some point on our like all villain starting eleven plus a manager. Um, but Zaha has has quickly become one of the guys I just I love to hate. Um, I don't know if he featured on the team. Actually, I didn't. I didn't look for this week. I had put it on the show notes for last week, but wasn't able. It wasn't able to to join. But there's an American in the Premier League that we did not know about, and his name is Jonathan Tomkinson. He's a defender for Norwich, and I was just scroll. <laughs> yeah. I was just scrolling through the team sheets of, of certain teams. And he was on the bench last week in last week's match. Um, I'm actually scrolling right now to see he was not on the subs bench for the match against, against Arsenal. But um, I was just surprised. There's another American in the premier league that we haven't even known about. So it's good, good to add to to our our growing list of Americans, um, which I've heard Pepe uh, is getting some attraction from the Premier League, which would be amazing if we got a couple more. Sounds like he's going to Bundesliga, though, most likely. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I saw that he was linked with with I think Wolves and Newcastle had both um, had both reached out to him, but unfortunately it does look like he might go to the premier league, but or to, um, to Bundesliga, but be nice if a premier league team snatched him up. I wonder what is, what, what the draw is. There's a lot of Americans in the Bundesliga. I wonder if it's wonder what the draw is there and why, why a lot of Americans go there as opposed to Premier League. Well, especially a kid like him, because aren't there aren't there a number of the American players who are half German? Uh, I think there's yeah. a number of the guys on the national squad who are who have a parent who's German. And so there's a natural thing there. But but yeah, the fact that Pulisic went there, the fact that Pepe's looking at going there, I yeah. don't know why that is. 
And Pepe's the young Mexican American who chose the uh, U.S. Chose U.S. Yeah, Mexico. So, um, goal of the week. I think we've already kind of talked about it. That uh, Alan St. Maximin goal mm. falling away, just poking it in side net for Chris. He put it in there for Chris so that he could at least enjoy that, even though it was a goal <laughs> club. Look, there's one thing I'm very clear about. I enjoy great goals. It doesn't matter if it's against my team or not. Like I have no bias towards a great goal. Well, and he had it. He had a number of of like the the Newcastle crowd was loving Saint Maximus. Oh today. yeah. He he nutmegged somebody and went oh. down the line, and the crowd just goes nuts. And I didn't realize this. The commentators were talking because the color commentator used to play for Newcastle. I didn't catch his name, but he's, I guess he was the guy, he was the St. Maximin of his day, who was kind of a showboat and how Newcastle fans just love that dynamite player who electrifies the place. So, um, so that was super fun, especially for like a club that doesn't seem like it's had a lot to celebrate apart from all the money that just came in. But like St. Maximin is so much fun to watch. That place was loud. I mean, they were, I mean, they've obviously just had, they've just performed so poorly this year, you know? Um, And they do seem to have a team that's, that would be fun to, they've got some electrifying players. Um, Miguel Almiron, that, that shot he put out that, that there was the shot off the post that then ricocheted out to him that then he put out that De Gea just made that amazing save on. Um, yeah, they have some. Joelington played great. They have some good players, but they Calum just, Wilson, Calum Wilson. Yeah, they have some some players. They just can't seem to put it together. So, but both him, both Calum Wilson and Saint Maximin went off injured. So, hoping they're yeah. not out for a long time. Yeah, that'll that'll be a mess for them. Um, well, lock it in review. Uh, I hold a half game lead over tim i had west ham over southampton but that was wrong so i fall to 12 and 4 i've got two games in hand uh tim picks city over leicester which was correct in a 6-3 thriller he moves up to 12 and 5 and chris took liverpool over leeds which was postponed so chris stays at 8 and 9 uh, I've got two games in hand. Chris has one. Tim has one. Uh, Chris, who are you taking over this theoretically match-filled week? <laughs> well, boys, it's time for me to <laughs> stop giving you guys victories, to stop the bleeding. It is time to get on the bus. I'm riding the city bus. City over Brentford. City over Arsenal. Mark it down. <laughs> Mark it down, we will. Did you get a transit pass so that these rides are so they're cheaper? Uh, I did and uh, mark it down as long as I'm in last place. You gonna just, ride the city, yes, put it in, Tim. Who are you going with? I'm going with Chelton. 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 I'm going with taking a League One, some League One team, Char- Charlton. Charlton Athletic. I'm going with Chelsea over Brighton. And then I'm going with United over Wolves. In the, in the Neophytes Derby. 
the the OG Neophyte Starby, which is being played yeah, on Monday, Monday, much to Chris and my chagrin. We'll have to try and figure out if our first day back to work after the new year can work a, a extended lunch hour in. <laughs> I'll tell my my boss, hey, I got a job interview I need to go to. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a really extended lunch, probably. <laughs> um, I am taking Liverpool over Leicester and Spurs over Watford, which neither of which I feel great about, but so goes it. We have a busy, busy couple match weeks. Um, what matches are you guys most looking forward to? Um, you know, I felt like there was a million matches as I was like flipping through the match list. There's not a ton that I'm like, oh, wow, that's a great matchup. I think Leicester Liverpool, um, tomorrow is a really good match. And over the weekend, it's gotta be Man City Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Chelsea Liverpool and well and Chelsea Liverpool yeah. <laughs> and of course Ma- minor minor detail those yeah. two over the weekend will be fantastic yeah you got one versus four two versus three right there so yeah yeah like the playoffs I will be interested to see Leicester versus Liverpool this is at Leicester and obviously we've basically just talked about them getting pummeled six three but they were down four nothing and came four nil we should say and scored three goals against city in 10 minutes yeah. and then allowed two more in. So like, yeah, losing six, three is bad, but if you're putting three goals past city in 10 minutes, that's worrying if you're now coming into Leicester to play them. So it'll be interesting to see how Leicester do. Well, and Leicester, I mean, that's the thing we've been talking about off and on throughout the season is Leicester is a great, is a really good squad. They have all the pieces yeah. you'd expect to be great. There's not much has changed from, from last year and they just haven't been performing. Yeah. So they're definitely a, a good squad as, as they somewhat showed against city, but they just haven't been able to put it together this year. So yeah, that's why I'm taking Liverpool over Leicester in my lock it in. Cause I don't, I don't have much faith in them. Um <laughs> I, I also think United Wolves, you know, that, that match was a really great match early in the season. One nil Wolves lost, depending on who you are, moderately, minor, <laughs> minorly, controversially, but most, I mean, it was just a great match, very hard fought. And so it'll be good to see uh, how Wolves fare this go around against United. So hopefully hopefully we can get a point this time. And that's the only Wolves match this weekend. Uh, Arsenal, the Arsenal match, which was tomorrow, got postponed, unfortunately. Bummer. <laughs> Guys, that's all I got in me for tonight. Well then, right. gentlemen, that means Glazer's out. Glazers out.